1: Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Game Changing Utilities of the Future, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP.
0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the game changers, you are in the right place. Very excited to be here today. Great topic. Let me tell you what the buzz is. Okay, I found a quote from Abbe Gupta. He's a young CEO and the founder of a company called Bidgley, B-I-D-G-E-L-Y. I found him quoted in an article on utilitydive.com from, let's see, it was very recent, and here is the quote, and then I'll explain what it means. He said, today, obviously, the consumers are not very tied with their utilities because they have very little interaction. Well, that says volumes. Well, here you are, you know, we're listening to cha- game-changing utilities of the future, so we're going to focus on the future, And but we first have to look at the present. What is the situation with utilities. So utilities are looking at a lot of technology innovations, just like every other industry. How about in-memory computing? It's fast. How about artificial intelligence? We know that is AI. Machine learning, distributive energy, distributed energy, oh my, oh my. Utilities can choose to embrace and take advantage of the opportunities sparked by these new tech innovations. Yes, they're there. You can bring them on board, train your people, change your mindset, have a future vision, say, wow, we're running faster and smoother and better. Or, hmm, utilities can ignore them and try to maintain the status quo, which may not be a pretty picture. But when you get down to basics, even if the utilities evolve for the future using new technology... Will we still need them? Come on. they got to keep things running through pipes and keep the wires humming. We have a panel of three experts, two are returning guests. One is a newcomer, going to help us find out how new technologies are impacting the way utilities perform work and engage with customers, going back to my quote from Abhay Gupta, and How utilities can prepare for a long and profitable future? How can they stay relevant? I think that's the question. So our topic today officially is new technology and the future of the future utility. Whether you're a person in the utilities industry anywhere in the world or you're just a user of utilities, come on. Something's got to be coming to you from somebody. Is it gas, water, electric, anything? Where are you getting this? What are the sources? And will they still be around in a couple of years? Very important for all of us. Let me tell you who my guests are, and then we'll get started. First up, pleased to welcome back Robert Tila, Senior Director at OpenText. Joining him is Mark Rosson, our newcomer today, Enterprise Architect at Snohomish County, PUD Number 1, and he'll tell us in a few minutes what he does and what his involvement is. And rounding out the panel, of course, is our extraordinary sponsor of this series, Mr. James McClelland, Senior Global Director of SAP Utilities and Energy Industry Marketing. So let's turn around the table to Rob Tila, and Rob has sent me a quote from Pichai. Uh, Let me see if I can pronounce this correctly. It's Sundar Pichai, and he is the chief executive officer of Google, Inc., very interesting young man, joined Google in 2004. He led product management and innovation efforts for a suite of Google's client software products, including Google Chrome, come on, you all know that, Google OS, and he was responsible in big time for Google Drive and on and on. Here is the quote. Inter- entrepreneurship, i got to get this right, Rob. Entrepreneurship is about more than building apps to make money. It's about transforming industries, creating millions of jobs, curing diseases, and fighting global warming. That sounds like a big, tall order. Rob Tila, how have you been?
2: <laughs> I'm doing excellent. How are you?
0: I'm fine, thank you. I love the quote. We've we've got the idea of entrepreneurship in here. I need you to tie that with our topic on utilities and survival. Go ahead, Rob.
2: Yeah, I I picked this quote. Um, it's it's from a speech he gave in uh, at a global entrepreneurship uh, summit in Palo Alto, and uh, I like it because on one hand, it it's kind of inspirational. It uh, it provides. Uh, sort of a broader spectrum of uh, providing a vision and really the need to, uh, to, to work on a bigger cause than just, um, you know, creating a specific product and, uh, or a specific app in, in this case. And um, so that, that's actually a good thing, but it's not the reason why I picked it. The reason why I picked it is because it's also, uh, there's also a big threat uh, for utilities in it, you know, transforming industries. And if you look at what Google does, uh, it's it's not only about what we see as consumers, but it's also what's happening behind the scenes. So they do actually have a license, not, not new news, it's old news, uh, to sell energy. They are working on high-tech projects to work on energy storage. Uh, they do have uh, shares in the Atlantic wind connection to mm-hmm. uh, to um, invest in undersea cables of the Atlantic coast to connect future offshore wind farms with onshore tra- transmission grids. And, and the question is why? Uh, and it is because they, they run huge data centers. They need a lot of energy, and they decided to bypass the utilities. They decided to... Uh, set you know set the standard of hundred percent renewables invest directly into wind farms and uh, purchase directly from those wind farms and they they uh, build storage to store excess capacity they have a license to sell it so in essence they're getting heavily um, into utility market or they're bypassing utility market so if your utility retailer who sold. Energy to to Google. Uh, they, I, I saw some estimates. They probably have a billion dollar bill uh, mm-hmm. for energy every year. Uh, well, that that money has gone. So uh, very interesting to kind of start this discussion about trends and transformation and what's coming, uh, what's coming up for the utilities and is already coming up today.
0: Thank you, Rob. I, I want to go back to my opening quote from Abe Gupta and just tell everybody that he had a mission when he started his company, Bidgely. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. And that word stands for electricity in Hindi. He wanted to accomplish energy efficiency at a massive scale. Here's how important, going back to your, your quote about entrepreneurship, Rob. He started with two people in a garage. Sound familiar? He raised over $24 million in three rounds of financing created a product from a concept, explored business models, finally found a successful one, and now hired 75 people around the world and is hiring. His funding came from Silicon Valley and large strategic corporations in the industry. So he has revolutionized the home energy management solution. Interesting, Rob, talking about entrepreneurship and bringing solutions to people and doing more than just a fancy app somewhere, that he is actually doing something that impacts so many people. What are your quick thoughts on that?
2: yeah um it it's really you know we tend to to uh, look at the consumer market and the disruption that's going uh, going on there and changing behavior but um there's a huge uh, development going on on the commercial side and um i i just wanted to kind of open it up by you know throwing that also into the discussion and uh and uh, that that is really Driving bigger change that utilities have to brace for and and really figure out what what what's their core competency and where do they partner and, and what do they do so and and by the way Google is not alone uh, Apple believe it or not they also have a license to sell energy um, Walmart also billion dollar energy bill is going for renewables they want to uh, they're actually at um, over six percent already of their load and. They're increasing that, and uh, a lot of other companies joined the RE100 initiative to uh, go 100% renewable. So no matter what's going on in the macro climate in the U.S., political climate right now, these big corporations um, are going in, in a different direction, and it's, it's very, very important to incorporate that. Uh, and we'll, I'm pretty sure we'll also talk about other trends um, you know, on the workforce side, on the customer-consumer side, as well and how expectations have changed and how that impacts technology or how technology can help uh, make a change.
0: Thank you very much, Rob. I appreciate that. Now let's introduce Mark Ross and our newcomer panelist at Snohomish County. I believe that's a Washington state and Mark has selected a very interesting quote very interesting. I'll read it in a second from Andy Warhol. I can't remember the last time anybody quoted Warhol. Andy Warhol was born Andrew Warhola, W A R H O L A. He lived from 1928 to 1987, an American artist, director and producer and a leading figure in the visual art movement known as Pop art, Okay, if you're too young to remember him, just look up Warhol. Some of his best-known works include silkscreen paintings called The Campbell Soup Cans from 1962. Marilyn Monroe is called a Marilyn Monroe D-I-P-T-Y-C-H, whatever that art form is. It was, I think, Marilyn's face in all different colors side by side like a collage. 1962 in the experimental film Chelsea Girls in 1966. And multimedia events like the exploding plastic inevitable in nineteen sixty. 66 to 67, and he was part of the celebrity culture. Here's the quote Mark has selected from Andy Warhol. As soon as you stop wanting something, you get it. Mark Rawson, is this a warning to utilities, or is this a harbinger of something good or bad? Welcome, Mark. How are you?
3: Thank you, Bonnie. Well, I'll tell you, from from my perspective, It just goes right to the heart of how utilities are trying to cope with change. Uh, Customers' expectations change dramatically over time, but I will tell you that there's no way that we can try to even keep up with the pace of change uh, that is currently coming at us. Um, Utilities are great at being stable. You like the fact that your power comes on. You like the fact that it's there 24 by 7. Uh, it's not necessarily something you think about that's uh, uh, dynamic and exciting, and uh, uh, the the best thing we can say about it is it's reliable, um, and it's consistent, and it provides everything that you want in life, but it's definitely something that uh, uh, doesn't change over time. And our biggest challenge that we have today is that the customer's uh, changes and desires are changing dramatically, and by the time we figure out what they want, get around to delivering it, and provide it as a service, they've moved on. Customers wanted websites. Well, we got around and provided websites. By the time mm-hmm. we got websites up, they wanted email. By the time we got email up, they wanted SMS text. By the time we got SMS text wanted up, they wanted Alexa. It, there's just no way we can try to keep up with the the pace of change uh, about uh, what customers want. So That's why I chose
0: the quote. Very interesting. And just any comments from you on the information I read about uh, the gentleman, Mr. Gupta, who founded the Bidgley Company, trying to accomplish energy efficiency at massive scale in terms of what does come what do customers want who are the newcomers the players who are intruding into the the long standing industry of utilities anything you want to say about that mark yeah sure
3: so um uh the, the, the quote is, is very appropriate, and I think Rob uh, uh, highlighted it as well, is that as other people get into the energy business, whether it be Apple or Google, um, uh, there's a small little company that basically uh, um, buys up customers' bills and they pay the bills for you. Uh, and then uh, uh, the only relationship that the utility has is with the uh, large-paying company and no longer with the customer. All these people are essentially getting into uh, what historically has been uh, uh, a single-payer, single dev- single-producer uh, single uh, environment, and there's a heck of a lot of fixed costs associated with delivering power. And those fixed costs are paid for um, because we have all of these customers all paying one provider. It's a regulated monopoly uh, in the U.S. for the most part, um, and that's for a reason. It's because that's where the economics make sense. When you start breaking it apart and pulling out all the different Mm low-hanging fruit and individual people cherry-picking what they want to do into it, uh, costs go up for everybody that's left, and so uh, especially for you know for us, we're we're public power. Um, we're all about the customer. We're all about uh, uh, making it fair for everybody, and so it's a real challenge.
0: It certainly is, and that's part of what our that's really where our discussion is focused today. Thank you, Mark, and welcome to Game Changers. And now let me turn to James McClelland, who has sent us a quote from Mark Twain. Anybody? Really, really young and doesn't know Mark Twain. My goodness, his original name was Samuel Langhorne Clemens, 1835 to 1910. His pen name, which he was known by, Mark Twain, American writer, humorist, entrepreneur, publisher, and lecturer. And I'm sure you've all heard of The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, 1876. Forget the year, just remember it. The sequel, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, and that was where the term The great American novel came from, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Indeed, here is the quote James has picked from Mark Twain. I'm laughing, James. I have never let schooling interfere with my education. Oh, my. James McClelland, how have you been?
4: I'm doing well, Bonnie. Good to hear from you you
0: again. Oh, good to be on. This is episode number 10 of your series, isn't it, James? It is. Yes. Yeah, so this is the end of your season with me, but I'm hoping and crossing my fingers that you'll come back because we have a lot more to talk about next year about utilities. You agree?
4: Oh, I hope so. I hope so.
0: Okay, we'll cross our fingers. So talk to me about this very interesting Samuel Langhorne Clemens, a.k.a. Mark Twain quote. Go ahead, James.
4: Well, I thought it was appropriate. Number one, I'm a a Big Twain fan, so I like to incorporate some of his quotes into any of my presentations. But I think when we take a look at what we've heard already from Rob and Mark, is schooling usually taught us how things work, how the things, how history is interacted into, into the present today. And education is taking a look more forward thinking. And when we take a look at a utility, It's not your grandmother's utility anymore. This is how we started Mm -hmm. all the episodes off. I think it was the very first one. Yes. uh, The the utility future is nothing like what it has been in the past. We used to joke about Thomas Edison that with his invention uh, of the light bulb, here he could come back a century later and still recognize his product. But if you take a look at Henry Ford with what's happened with vehicles, self-driving vehicles, uh, this was nothing in the vision that he had. And now the whole utility landscape is starting to change, and we need to educate, as being utilities as well as consumers, we need to educate ourselves what this future is going to look like, and the future is just around the corner.
0: James, do you think there will be any longstanding utilities left? We're talking about infrastructure, adopting some of the new technology innovations I mentioned in the opening, uh, adopting more of a customer-centric uh, position, shall I say, or poised to actually speak with customers. And this goes back to my opening quote that there's not much interaction. Do you think utilities that are that have been around for, let's say, 30, 40 years are capable of grasping the need for massive change? What's your point of view?
4: Yeah, I think that there will always be a position for utilities. Uh, if we take a look at utilities, it really comes down to two key areas, managing the assets and managing the customers. But as we'll get into this program, uh, as we get artificial intelligence, machine learning, self-service, uh, a lot of the interaction that you're going to have with the customer is going to be through machines and robots. Um, being able to generate your power, uh, you may be doing it yourself. Or as Rob alluded to, you may be purchasing it from a high-tech area. Uh, You may be doing it from co-ops. So utilities are really going to have to, at least the electricity utility, are going to have to get on top of the ball because they may end up just being relegated to managing the pipes and the wires. Uh, And there's not an awful lot of profit in there. So they're going to have to be taking a look at new type services. Uh, When you take a look at public utilities like Snohomish, uh, you you may see a lot of mergers and acquisitions or takeovers uh, so that they can basically even out a playing field. Uh, water utilities, I think there'll still be a position uh, for a water utility, for gas utilities uh, to have work. But the electricity utility is really coming under a great deal of pressure uh, to remain profitable.
0: Certainly is. Thank you very much, James. Good oversight and thank you for inviting such an interesting panel to join us today. Let's circle around to Rob Teal at Open Text. Rob, you know how this works. I'm gonna well I'm asking you three questions. I usually ask two. Number one, where in general are you calling from? Number two, what are you drinking today? This is called what's in your cup today, or what would you really, really, really rather be drinking that would make you smile? And number three, give us a sixty second insight into what is open text and what you do for them. Go ahead, Rob.
2: All right, well, let's start with the first one. Um, I'm calling from the South Boston area, South Shore Boston area, and I'm calling from home. And um, I had to, I actually have solar panels installed on my house today. Uh, they just, uh, they came this morning and I, uh, I had to chase them away. They're usually done within a day and I had to chase them away. I said, look, I'll, I'll be on SAP radio. You can't, you can't <laughs> drill and hammer. on top of me (laughs) that won't be good so story of my life uh,
0: (laughs) yes I will
2: be a solar customer as well so talking about distributed energy uh, well uh, that will be me as well and um, it's amazing one day installation eight year payback Um, I'm, I'm, Mm. I'm thrilled I'm really really psyched about it yeah and uh what am I drinking? So right now, I have a really nice refreshing glass of water in front of me. It comes out of my fridge. You know they have this uh this uh filtration and cooling system and uh I can tell you I would rather like to drink something else um all decide mm-hmm. tonight based on the food uh so go for a nice rose. We have a beautiful sunny day today or maybe uh, I found a new craft IPA that I like uh, from Bichuset. It's called Wally, uh, and it's uh, absolutely fantastic. So I may crack one of those open. So uh, that's that's question number two. And yes. question number three, uh, what does OpenText do? Uh, so OpenText is one of the uh, 10 largest software companies um, in the world, believe it or not. And uh, we focus on everything enterprise information management, and we Really make sure all these digital inf- information flows uh, are flowing nicely and seamlessly uh, inside the company, outside the company. And we provide um, software solutions for that and uh, work closely with our friends from SAP uh, to provide joint solutions uh, to our customers. Uh, very, very good and uh, healthy growing business. And uh, I'm working. My job is I, I will really work very closely with SAP uh, leading our Uh, go-to-market here in the Americas region, and I'm very close to utilities, been working uh, with utility customers uh, for over 10 years now, and uh, Mm -hmm. it's my favorite industry, so I'm I'm glad I can be back on this radio series, and uh, I think out of the 10, we've done, James, how many? Seven, Mm -hmm. seven or eight together, so really love it, and uh, always good to be back with you morning.
0: Thank you, Rob. Very kind of you. Glad to have you. And now, Mark Rosson, our newcomer today. Mark, same questions. Where are you calling from? What do you love to drink any time of the day or night? And what do you do as an enterprise architect at Snohomish County, PUD number one? Translate for me. Go ahead. All right. Well, thank you, Bunny. I'm
3: glad to be the. On your show, this is a great uh, venue for uh, uh, sharing information. I'm calling from Everett, Washington, um, which is about 40 miles north of Seattle. Um, What's in my cup today? I had a computer make my coffee today. So the the called Clover technology. Uh, uh, And for those of you who've never had a Clover, it's like a reverse French press, Mm. and They put in the kind of beans you put into it and then calculate the uh, correct water temperature and the correct brewing time for that particular type of bean. Um, And for those of you that like drip coffee, I know there's a lot of people with fancy drinks and all that stuff. I just like a good cup of black coffee. But when you Mm. use this reverse press, it is awesome. So I
0: know that me. I've uh, seen the clover. I've seen the clover. Now tell us what is where is Snoh- Snohomish County? I know it's in Washington. What is PUD number 1 and what in the world is an enterprise architect in a utility?
3: All right. So, um uh, Snohomish County PUD, by the way, you're doing a great job at pronouncing uh, our Native American names here. So, Snohomish <laughs> County PUD, um, we're uh, the 12th largest uh, public utility in the nation. Um, we are uh, 2,200 square miles uh, uh, north of Seattle, um, and we are uh, uh, a large, we're public versus investor-owned. So uh, we are owned and managed uh, um, by our customers. Um, And it kind of changes the focus when you don't have a profit motive and et cetera. It's a a little bit different model than you would have for an investor-owned utility. And as far as enterprise architecture, my whole job is in kind of the three- to five-year time frame. I figure out where the business needs to go and make sure that technology is there By the time they need it, so it's all about synchronizing projects and making sure that uh, by the time the customers and the business are ready for something, that uh, technology-wise we're ready for it as well.
0: Thank you very much and welcome, and uh, we are delighted to have you. And James McClelland, where are you today? What are you drinking that inspired the Mark Twain quote, and what's new in your role in SAP Utilities and Energy Industry Marketing? James?
4: So, first of all, I'm calling from sunny and hot, hot, hot Fort Worth, Texas today, Mm. and What's in my coffee cup? I'm going to give a shout-out to an old friend of mine that I hope may be listening in. So I would say that I'd be drinking Folgers in a Yeti cup.
0: Oh, but, uh, James, James, I- James, James, James. See, James is talking about our dearly and late- dearly departed, good friend, and the sponsor and host, well, my co-host on uh, Future of Cars with Game Changers, Larry Stoley, who left us suddenly and way too soon, about three weeks ago. Oh, James, I wasn't expecting that. Our Folgers guy, right?
4: Yeah, yeah. Mm. But, uh, uh, just Go ahead. a Shout out to him, but uh, although I'm not a coffee guy, and as I said, it is quite hot here today, I have transitioned from my morning habit of drinking hot Lip and Tea to sipping on my Lipton iced tea that I've acquired a taste for since I've moved to the U.S.
0: Oh, you took me by surprise there. And what's new in your role in, in industries at SAP? What are you doing that's exciting and new? James, anything you want to tell us?
4: Well, my role, for those that uh, don't know me, uh, I head up the utilities marketing for SAP Worldwide, and that's working very closely with many of our partners, like Rob, with Open Text and closely with our customers as well, like Mark, to ensure that uh, what, we, what we deliver is going to be on time, ahead of the curve, and listening to our customers like Mark, uh, who are developing visions, that we can basically have products in place uh, at the time or even before uh, the utilities need
0: it. Thank you very much glad to have, be speaking with you and I'm still going to push you to renew the series because I know there's some more great topics we have to cover next year if not sooner so I'm Bonnie D. Graham they don't let me anywhere near caffeine on radio show days this is a two double header day we had a show at 10 this morning and here we are 2 p.m. Eastern speaking with Robert Tila at Open Text Mark Ross at Snohomish County PUD number one I have a relative by the way who designed the space needle Mark so I have an affinity for and I was a former member of his uh, his family, and uh, yes, and so I have an affinity for everything Washington State, and so I know how to pronounce that. There you go. And James McClellan said SAP. What can I tell you? We're going to be right back. We're talking about new technology in the future with the future utility. Will utilities just be the guardian or the steward of the pipes and the wires, as James has said? Will they actually be able to survive? Will newcomers, new entrants, disruptors be taking over what we normally think of as utility services and reaping the profits there to be had. So we have a lot more to discuss. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. You are listening to Game Changing Utilities of the Future, and that's what we're going to talk about. Kevin out.
4: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts
1: here. Voice America Business Network. The digital world is moving faster than ever, and the future will be defined by how quickly business leaders adapt to accelerated ongoing change. The definition of future success is being shaped by many factors, such as more digitally demanding employees, customers, and partners, an increasing variety of digital devices, resource scarcity coupled with data abundance, and extensive business networks and complex supply chains. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how the digital world can lead to a better future for everyone. Game Changing Utilities of the Future is presented by SAP. Visit SAP.com. Have you become a member yet? When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Game Changing Utilities of the Future, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to game-changing utilities of the future.
0: Yes, indeed, and the future is here right now, and that's why we're talking about this important topic, new technology and the future of the future utility. Will it survive? We don't know, but we're going to see if we can help you figure it out. Talking right now with Rob Tila at Open Text. Rob is going to kick off our roundtable table part of the show in earnest. And Rob sent me the following information, and he's going to run with it. Let me introduce. He says there will be large macroeconomic changes, and he gave me an example here. Volvo announced that by 2019, all new cars will either be hybrid or solely powered by batteries. Electric cars will account for all new vehicle sales in Europe by 2035. Those are powerful numbers. Rob, tell us how this impacts utilities, please.
2: Yeah, so this is uh, this uh, is really impacting not only utilities but but huge industries, and uh, you you can actually uh, expand that. And uh, James mentioned autonomous uh, vehicles, and uh, uh, you know those will also have a big impact uh, as well. And and so, if you think about seventeen percent of the jobs in, in North America are tied to people driving trucks and. Uh, taxis and things like that. So, uh, but but this specific one I find really interesting because um, if you think about all these different statistics and France, by the way, banned uh, traditional fuel and diesel, gas and diesel uh, powered vehicle by 2040, and, and there are all kinds of very similar uh, trends going on right now. And well, what does it mean? It means we'll have more electric cars, uh, which uh, will have an impact on load. So uh, obviously, you know, the energy that is powering most cars today is coming from the gas station and that will be transferred to the grid. And uh, we'll need to make sure there's capacity. On the other hand, we see companies like Tesla uh, moving into controlling the entire supply chain, almost like what Apple did, moving from devices to uh, to uh, owning iTunes and uh, uh, now we see them uh, investing into making movies and things like that. So the entire supply chain owned uh, by by a new company or a transformed company. Now Tesla is doing something very similar. So they own everything from the solar uh, generation. You've probably all seen the the announcement uh, around the solar tiles and, and what's coming out uh, this year um and uh and then also the the storage the batteries uh, for it and uh that will be extremely interesting to see what are the others doing i mean all, all the uh, car companies need to now figure out how they position themselves and uh uh how do they want to play in this um are they just sticking to devices are they moving into uh storage are they, they partnering up are they partnering with utilities to install um, the chargers? Are they going further um, to mm-hmm. invest with players like a direct energy or so into distributed energy and, and, and offer these packages as well? Because I think the target audience is very open to um, having both and then looking at it holistically and say, how can I be more autonomous and not rely on, uh, on these conventional um, fuel technologies, etc.? So um, I think it will have impact on utilities. They have to position themselves. They have to think about it, and there are actually also other industries like uh, car service industries that um, will also have to reposition themselves. Uh, traditional motor has twelve hundred parts, and electric motor has seventeen parts. So, how many people are living from maintaining gearboxes and doing oil changes and all these profitable things for service uh, car service companies? So. Will they go into the uh, uh, distributed energy market and install uh, charges and things like that? Um, that could be very interesting. And then yeah. how does that impact the utilities if they want to play in that space? Or uh, do they choose a different route and go home alarms or, or they focus on field services as core uh, technologies? So James uh, mentioned that if, if you get reduced to only the pipes and the wiring, uh, that's, that is becoming a commodity, and uh, uh, they're not the best margin. So they have to think more as a service company, not as a utilities company, mm-hmm. and they have to think in partnerships as opposed to uh, trying to go alone with, you know, within the somewhat similar scope of what they're doing today.
3: Rob, this is they, Mark. I, I think the other
2: yeah, big challenge, the challenger, if you will,
3: in this space is ExxonMobil, British Petroleum, Phillips go. All of the big oil companies are also saying, "Okay, how do I play in this new world? How do I how do, if I'm if I'm losing all of these gas cars to electric services, um, what role are they going to play um, in this new uh, powering of transportation uh, in these in all of the countries?"
0: Mark, I'm glad you jumped in. I was just ready to ask you to comment. So do you have anything else you want to add? You posed some really, really good, compelling questions. Anything you want to add about predictions that Volvo will only be selling hybrid or battery-powered? 2019 is only two years away, Mark. What do you think? Yeah,
3: well, I'm... I'm all in. Let me put it this way. I've, I've had a Nissan Leaf since 2011. My Tesla 3 is on order. You don't have to convince me about how great electric cars are. So I'm a big fan. Um, I think the utilities are well prepared to. Um, to handle the additional uh, load um, because it's not going to be overnight. Uh, Everybody that currently has a car, you know, cars don't necessarily age out uh, in a day or a week. This will be over a period of time that people's cars will be replaced by electric cars. Um, So I I think utilities will be able to handle the loads fine. I think what's interesting for utilities is um, what can we offer as far as um, different rates and different ways that, people can charge for electric cars that helps the grid. Um, Because at the end of the day, uh, the grid is under a lot of stress uh, from a lot of different uh, sources, uh, renewables being the the, the big challenge for the grid because the sun's only up during the daytime, uh, Mm -hmm. the wind doesn't necessarily blow all the time, and uh, unfortunately, uh, currently without battery storage, every single time someone uses power someone has to generate it and those inequities are things that uh, uh, are forcing the grid into new areas
0: thank you very much James love to get your thoughts on this big conversation here go ahead James McClelland
4: yeah we've uh, you know we've touched on a, a couple of good points and there's many examples of how there's been a change in landscape and what it can do to corporations if we take a look at what Netflix uh, did the blockbuster almost overnight mm-hmm. uh are the same type things that are happening not only just in utilities but as as mark just pointed out it's people from outside there's a whole ripple effect that's taking place when you start including the traditional oil and gas corporations and uh who's eating their lunch and the same things happening in utilities and it's interesting you know that rob brought up about the supply chain uh you know he's he's spot on and i fully agree with him that you're going to see many new partnerships there has to be because in electricity there used to be from a left-to-right type supply chain that you had generation, transmission, distribution, and retail, which was the customer uh, at the very right-hand side of that linear uh, value chain. Today, it's changing. Uh, I'd almost put the customer up front and put the, the generation or the supply almost at the tail end because there's going to be mm-hmm. so many areas uh, to be able to pick up supply and, and who's going to be generating it because of all the distributed energy generation. Uh, So, it's a complete uh, flip around of the value chain. Uh, Consumers are driving a lot of the change, and consumers are actually being able to generate their own power, putting strain onto the utility, but they're also demanding more services. So, the utilities are really going to have to start taking a look at providing something outside of the box, whether they can deliver it or whether they're going to have to partner with outside firms outside of the traditional utility or or energy uh, ecosystem.
0: Thank you very yeah, much.
4: Tony,
2: Rob, um, the, yeah, the go travel, ahead. I would like yeah. to, to also add um, a very important aspect. Who's paying for all of this? Um, so two aspects here. Number one is uh, a lot of infrastructure investments, including sometimes the grid or renewing you know, assets, are coming from gas tax. So if there's no gas tax, what else will be taxed? and and how do you how do you tax the cars are you taxing them based on battery capacity based on mileage mm. are you taxing the electricity um so so that's an interesting uh, aspect and then as uh, households and commercial companies are moving more towards distributed energy renewables i mentioned you know walmart and these companies and Starbucks, and and then they're they all in this game. Um, who Who is paying for it? So if the revenue for a traditional utility is reduced, who is paying for the increased net load that you may need um, to get uh, energy from A to B, uh, all the expensive assets and all these type of things? So will, will, see, will we see a complete new view of... Uh, of taxation and also of uh, how how uh, utility income is, is structured. Is there a fixed fee for them? Is there uh, sort of a fee to keep a plant running for just in case? Uh, the sun and the wind goes goes away, yeah. and, well, and we you know, guarantee the only have going to go
3: down at night. Right? So that's, that's the one though, thing is is that it, it's certainly available. It certainly could be planned for. The biggest problem they're having now with I love the fact that you're getting solar panels put on today, Rob, which is which is great. Um, you know uh, the the fact is is that uh, you expect though at night that your lights are still going to work, even though during the day you're getting free power from your roof into your house and you, maybe your meter's running backwards and you're making money. But I guarantee you, when the sun goes down, you expect your lights to work, even if that means that there's a, a, a spare a, a power plant somewhere that has to lose some money. And I think that you're right on. Who's going to pay for uh, just nighttime power? And if you if if they can't get any money from you during the day, then they have to get all the money to supply that nighttime power from you just at night, and that just means increasing power prices.
4: Yeah, but to, to, right. to challenge that as well, Mark, if uh, battery capacity and battery storage uh, gets to a certain tipping point, if I'm able to power all my battery up at my in my house and have it up in my attic, uh, there's a good chance I may not even need the utility even at nighttime uh, because then I can draw the battery. That's
3: very true, but you know what? If you've got an electric car, you now have a net new load at night that's charging your car all night long that might not be more than than you've got battery capacity for during the day. So, I mean, if solar gets really more effective and more uh, efficient and you can have a fully charged battery that can run your house and charge your car at night, maybe. But I guess at the end of, at the end of the day uh, uh, these costs aren't going away and all of the infrastructure that's been put in that we've been enjoying for the last 50, 60 years, uh, is all 50 or 60 years old. So, um, the, the bill is coming due as far as trying to maintain all this infrastructure and support it all. Um, and there will be an expectation that the power is on. And even at Rob's house where he's got solar during the day, his expectation of having 24 by 7 delivery is still there, even though he's paying his power company less money.
4: Yep, fully agree. And then we could also take off to another show that many of the millennials, I, I know a lot of the people who work in my office, uh, we just moved our offices and they're all up in arms at how are they going to get to the office because they lived in apartments right around the office. They could walk to the office. They had all their entertainment, their groceries, all within walking distance. And I said, well, what if you want to go out? And they said, Uber, Uber, why, uh-huh. why would I own a car? Why would yep. I own a car? Do you like paying all that maintenance? Do you like paying that insurance? So, you know, there's, there's another ripple effect on, on a generation that are taking a look and saying, why even own a car?
0: Yep. And the times, they are a change, and the ripple effect is is massive. Gentlemen, great conversation. I want to focus right now on uh, customer expectations on a, just a, I'll call it a pedantic or everyday basis. I'm looking at Mark Rosson's notes. Mark, let me read a small comparison here in your notes and ask you, and then we'll go around the table. You, and then I'll invite James in, and then we'll get Robin on this. You say, your local pizza place offers a great customer experience. Okay. You call them on a Friday. Which you often do. They start the conversation with, Hello, Mark. Do you want your usual delivery in 10 minutes? And bingo, it's there. Then you talk to your utility, usually when something fails. They're charging you 150 a month. The product is undifferentiated. It's coming to you 24 7, regardless of what you're getting from them. You call them when something doesn't happen and you tell them, Hey, I didn't get this, or the power is out, or blah, blah, blah. And they say, Who are you? What's your address? And all you want to know is when is the power coming back on? And they say, well, we're getting 100 calls a minute and we'll give you an estimated time, blah, blah, blah. So big, big difference in customer idea, the idea of customer centricity. Mark, is this ever going to get any better with utilities?
3: Well, I, I, it, it has to. I mean, at the at we have to be responsive to our customers' needs, and uh, the real question—the real question—is—is is what's it going to cost us to do that, uh, and what can we do to make them. Uh, Educate the customers more about what it takes to deliver power. Uh, when I ask my son where does power come from, he says the light switch. All right. Uh, he. <laughs> when I ask where food come from, he says the refrigerator. I mean, the, the expectation and the education of wh- what it takes to enable. Uh, The hot in your shower, the cold in your beer, Uh, those are things that people understand, but the fact that power is involved in those things is really so far up the value chain that people forget that uh, electricity is doing all of that. So... um, the expectation is high, and we're going to have to meet it. Um, we just released something that we thought was that we thought was great, and then I found out the other power company down the road is offering the same information but on Alexa. Uh, I, like I said, we're going to have to offer customers something for the amount of money that it's going to cost to run the utility, and they expect. A customized experience. They expect us to know who they are. They expect us to be able to solve their problems. And to tell you the truth, their expectation isn't too high. They just want to know when the power is coming back on. Do I need to get a hotel room? Do I do? Is my are my kids uh, at daycare sitting in the dark? It, it's not an unheard of expectation, it just takes a lot of infrastructure to be able to deliver it when they want it and through the channel that they want it. I want an SMS text, I want Alexa, I want an email. Mm -hmm. All of these customized channels that we're having to deliver the information through uh, takes a lot of work.
0: It it certainly does. Thank you very much, James. You're sitting around next to Mark. Why don't you comment on this? How much do you think it'll cost? When will we ever get what we consider really good customer service from our utilities? Ever, James?
4: Yeah. Well, it's going to have to. Mark's spot on. With uh, you know, it's it's not a choice. It it, it needs to happen. Uh, To Mark's point about you know what channel, it's got to be my channel of choice. But it has to be the same experience right across, regardless of channel. Uh, there's many utilities that are taking a look at it right now. They're using predictive modeling of why a customers call in, How do I identify them much better? Uh, you know, you're seeing an influx of data, so you're going to need real-time processing. And this is where machine learning comes into place, uh, artificial intelligence that uh, these self-service type capabilities, or that you're going to be talking to a machine uh, rather than a live person uh, to be able to resolve your issues. Um, back to the point I was trying to make on, on the supply chain or the uh, the value chain from generation to customer being at the end. Customers moved up to the front and customers are demanding more. Customers are saying as Mark was saying, I want an Amazon experience. If I buy from Barnes and Noble and they give me recommendations of you read this book, uh, you may be interested in A, B, and C why can my utility not be able to do the same thing? You've got to break out of that box of uh, my only job is to make sure the lights go on when I a switch,
3: oh. and and around uh, those channels. The I mean, how would you feel if at your bank the ATM gave you one balance, the teller gave you a different balance, and your mobile phone app gave you another balance? Uh, you would say, "Well, I don't trust this bank." So, moving to the real time and being able to make sure that every single system and every single channel has exactly the same information. Um, there's resources involved in trying to do that and make sure that can happen rather than it's right once a day through a batch type of a nightly update.
0: Thank you. I want to get Rob, Tila, in on this conversation. Rob, we're, we're going to go to our predictions round in about 90 seconds, so why don't you give me a quick comment on the topic that Mark just introduced?
2: Yeah, um, our, our topic is also how is technology impacting utilities, and um, uh, there, there is indeed... A shorter window to provide those capabilities. Um, otherwise, utilities will also always be, be behind. So, where's the omni channel engagement platform? Where's the big data predictive modeling? And uh, does my billing system support new services and products? And I think we'll see more cloud um, to to reduce time to market, to, to get new technologies up and running faster, uh, to just keep up with this uh, fast and faster spinning wheel.
0: Thank you very much. And, Rob, while I have you, why don't we just kick off the roundtable right now? I've got six minutes left, so let me give you each 60 seconds, and maybe we'll have time for a bonus question. Mr. Rob Tila at Open Text, looking to the crystal ball. I'm focusing on, you know, 2020. It's three New Year's Eves away. That's where I like to define it. Rob, what do you see changing? We're talking about new technology, whether longstanding utilities been around 50, 60 years will still be here, even if they adopt the new technology. Did they get that we need a different level of customer service? Can they compete with the disruptors? Anything or everything? 60 seconds, Rob Tila. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, I think it it really depends on the business model. A utility decides um, for themselves. But I think from a technology point of view, I just mentioned cloud. We'll see much more cloud just to keep up and and have a technology renewal. Um, That's absolutely mandatory. Secondly, I think uh, we already see analytics everywhere uh, and we, as a company at OpenText, we see analytics embedded in all, in all our products, not as a standalone analytics product necessarily that you that you buy, but it's really all ubiquitous; it's everywhere. I think that will move into a lot of uh, AI and machine learning, just to take that on the next level, and it will just be ubiquitous. It will be uh, a natural part of, of everything. I think scale will have changed dramatically. We'll see more automation. We'll see different roles. Um, And me, by the way, to my macroeconomic uh, topic, Mm -hmm. will create potential uh, problems. And we'll we'll have customers that um, prefer to stay analog (laughs) and not go digital. Yeah. Uh, And uh, yeah, and I think uh, we'll see a lot of utilities not being utilities but services companies with a very diverse portfolio.
0: Thank you very much, Rob. Mark Rosson the Stohomish County, PUD number one. You're number one in Stohomish County as far as we're concerned, Mark. Love to get 60 seconds. You're the only one we've had on the show, so there. Uh, you're the first, let's say that. Mark, we'd love to get your prediction. 60 seconds, go.
3: So, um, lots of customer choice, lots of options for the customer. Um, we're no longer going to be selling a undifferentiated product. You'll have lots of different ways that you consume your product. Um, Something in the industry we call time of use. If you use the power when it's most expensive to acquire, then it will be more expensive to deliver to the customer, and they'll pay a little bit more during Mm -hmm. those times that it's costing us more money. It's a pass-through. So I think you'll see lots of different uh, uh, utilities, not just the California utilities, uh, moving to a time of use bill. Um, And I think we're going to have more options. We're going to have uh, the way, we're going to be able to communicate to the customers the way they want to be communicated to. It's all about offering more communications and more options to the customer.
0: Thank you very much. Very well put. And James McClelland, I saved. James, they were so tight and so concise. I have 90 seconds for you. They're all yours. It's a gift. Go ahead, James.
4: (laughs) A gift from above, so...
0: That's, well, um, no, I'm not above, but yeah, go ahead.
4: (laughs) No, it's, uh, we're we're going to see the adoption. They have to adopt into artificial intelligence, and that drives machine learning. An awful lot of the work that's going to be done uh, will now be done through robotics. Uh, If we take a look at the water industry, you know, there's millions of miles of pipes. And when they replace pipes, they're replacing pipes that don't need to be replaced in some cases. And it costs approximately $3 million to replace a mile of of water pipe. Uh, If I can send robotics down into the pipe and determine the exact area of where that leakage takes place, I'm going to save an awful lot of money. So you're going to see the adoption of robotics, artificial intelligence, uh, a a great deal of of big data analytics, as as Mark was alluding to, to worry about the the customer experience. But utilities are going to need to get into different services as simple as that. Uh, Just selling electricity or gas or water is just not going to remain profitable for them. Customers have choice. Uh, They can do it themselves. Uh, So I really don't need to depend on my utility as much as I used to. Um, You know, it's going to make for some real strange partnerships. I think the utilities are going to be investing into uh, a lot of these high-tech firms. Uh, who are jumping ahead of them right now Mm -hmm. and being able to produce these, whether it be wind farms or whether it be solar panel farms, uh, that the utility is going to be the advisor of how to maybe deliver the power, uh, how to be able to make it the most efficient. Uh, I I think I'll see utilities getting into also new businesses the same way as outside businesses are getting into utilities. Uh, Utilities have some of the best engineers, So you probably see them getting into doing home construction by helping design energy efficient homes, uh, energy efficient type cinder blocks for for housing to be able to improve insulation. Uh, So I really see the utility getting into more of a diverse, uh, getting into being pretty well like an Amazon uh, for utilities and offering multiple services based on what their customers demands, uh, wish for them to offer.
0: Thank you. You put demands and wish all in the together in the sentence. And uh, yes, I think we have to we have to weigh the balance of those. What do we wish? What are we going to require? Thank you very much, James McClellan. Great panel. Great end to your season series. Mark Rosson at Snohomish County. Rob Teela at Open Text. It's been a pleasure hearing such words of wisdom, so much savvy and articulate insight. So many from all three of you. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is the end of our broadcast week. I just want to give my call to action. We. At five shows, as always, give a thank you to our three guests. And here's my call to action Fasten your seatbelt. Maybe it'll be automated. You'll just sit there. It'll just strap itself around you because the utility would have figured that out. I don't know. What are you waiting for? Anyway, put the seatbelt on. It's a better thing to do. Go out and be a game changer today, just like James, just like Robert, just like Mark. Have a good one. We'll talk to you next Tuesday here on Game Changers Radio, 10 a.m. Eastern on the Business Channel. Thanks to Kevin, our engineer. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks again for tuning in to Game Changing Utilities of the Future, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Thursdays on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.